Hey guys, David, the healthness coach here yet again with another episode. I admire trainers that work hard and give the very best of themselves each day, especially in the field of fitness. It's definitely not an easy industry to attempt to make a name for yourself, let alone survive longer than a year and build a certain level of ongoing success. Sam Barber is such a person. I had the fortunate opportunity to meet Sam through Instagram. From his communal interactions to how he presents himself on his platform, I think, in my opinion, is the pinnacle of how any trainer should aim to carry themselves should they be looking to obtain success with their business. It was awesome to be able to pick his brain as I've just started my own online fitness business and get insight from him regarding how he came to attain his current accomplishments and the strategies he uses that keep his business successful. I myself learned a tremendous amount about what I can do to improve on my online fitness business, so I was once again super grateful to have this conversation with him. We have a bit of common ground as we've both taken pre-script courses in the past. We also have the outrageous obsession with getting as strong as humanly possible. I would say him a little more than me as he competes in powerlifting, which to me is a testament of how mentally tough he is. Once this podcast does very well, I'm hoping that in the near future, him and I can do this again with the intent of bouncing ideas, particularly in the area of movement and how we get the average person from where they start to where they want to be using our services. (laughs) That would be a tremendous amount of fun. As far as this particular podcast goes, I would say that it's more directed to those who are potentially looking to build an online fitness career or who are currently struggling in the online fitness space. If you're looking to set the bar, set it on Sam Barber. I'm glad there are trainers out there like him that carry themselves in a way professionally to set expectations in the industry in a way that we can look up to so that we can produce amazing results in our business and with our clients online. That being said, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And as always, if you got questions, comments, concerns regarding your health and fitness, feel free to contact me via Instagram at healthness, which has changed, or via my email, which has also changed, david at thehealthnesscoach.com. All right. So, yeah, man, um, really nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So wanted to know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your personal fitness journey. How did you start and how did you get into fitness? In fitness? I mean, for me, like I was, as a kid growing up, I was always the fat kid. Um, like my my nickname in high school was actually Moobs because all my weight would go to my, my breast. You look, you look upset. It's fine. It's fine. This is, growing up in England, you had to have like a tough skin that was actually called friendship not not you know uh bullying it wasn't bullying as such you know i would give it back as much as i would take it but um so yeah like i was always kind of the fat kid growing up and then um went into university and i i kind of didn't change too much i kind of went down the route of like partying a lot and and drinking sort of five times a week. And eventually I took that partying just a little bit too far. Um, and it was kind of like one of those sort of, you have one of those nights where it just goes too far. And it was like, okay, you know, we have a choice here and it was, it was time to make a change for me. And, uh, me and my, uh, my, my 
first my first original training partner we kind of were like okay that's it like we're training and, and we're, we're changing the way that we live our lives and and that was it I ended up training for three months I trained every day in a row and didn't, didn't miss a day and I've kind of never really looked back since um and yeah so since then I've kind of gone on I've tried all different kinds of things within the realm of fitness bodybuilding crossfit olympic lifting and then uh most recently now I'm, I'm going down the powerlifting route oh nice and how do you find that how do you tra- find that transition from going to just do bodybuilding stuff and then now to actually be looking at competitive powerlifting like how yeah. does that transition take place i mean i've never tried any sort of athletic sports so I mean, yeah no i've really enjoyed it to be honest um i've really enjoyed kind of having having some direction and, and something to work towards like an end goal mm-hmm. um i think you know i i ended up at, at 613 left here in ottawa and um i'm surrounded by some of the, the top powerlifters in the country and even the world and so um you kind of catch that bug uh, oh, yeah. almost immediately when you when you walk into 613 lift and uh to be surrounded by to by be surrounded by like high level people that I am. It's like, I think I'd almost be silly not to, to try and learn as much as I can from, from the people around me. Mm, yeah. I can imagine what that feels like. You walk in and it's like, my PR is your warm up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's every single day for me. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a bit, it took me a long time to realize as well. It took me, I've been there oh, getting on a year and a half now. And it took me probably a year to realize that I was in, quite a special gym Mm -hmm. full of some very special people um and i kind of thought that that was just like the norm in powerlifting and so you start when you're trying to compare yourself with the people around you at at first it was very like it was almost demoralizing it was like jesus like am i really that far behind i've been training for seven plus years but then you start to realize that actually you know the people around you are you know freaking amazing at this so i think that's um, the benefit though is when you have people that are stronger than you it, it kind of pushes you into that position of wanting to be better yeah succeed, right? definitely so. definitely and it's it's worked wonders for um for my own coaching as well um like it's really kind of i've really delved into you know the programming side of it and basically learning as much as i can to improve my performance which then helps me when I'm coaching other people. I can provide a different perspective that I didn't have in the past. Mm, that's amazing. So that kind of segues to my next question. So like what inspired you to take the initiative to pursue personal training and to make that into a career? Yeah, I like I've only ever really sort of had two things that I'm really passionate about. One being football, um, like English football, and then the other one being the gym. Um, I kind of, my, my, my father works in English football. Um, and I've always kind of felt like I wanted to, to carve my own path. So that kind of took that route out of the equation for me personally. Um, and the gym was the only thing that I've ever really like stuck at consistently for an extended period of time. So it just kind of seemed like the, the, the logical thing to fall into. And, you know, I think at first it was a job for, I'd say probably the first couple of years I didn't get into it as much as I wish I had done now um but then when I started to sort of view myself as as more of a professional um and really started to delve into my own education and and learning as much as I can like I enjoy this job more and more every single day the more I learn the more I enjoy it yeah that's the thing I like about this job is that like when you think you know 
enough. It's like you learn more, and then there's just like more doors doors that open up. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't <laughs> know that much as much as I thought I knew. Um, so tell us a little bit about your experience as a one-on-one trainer coach. What was that like? Uh, so I still do, I still do do one-on-one coaching. Okay. Um, I'm mainly mainly online now, but um, I kind of went. When I transitioned into online with all the COVID and stuff, you know, it, it was it was so much more scalable. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is just what I'm going to do. And then after a couple of months, I, I was going a little bit crazy, kind of being stuck at home all day on the computer. So I was like, <laughs> okay, like we got to go back into to the gym. And um, I think that you learn so much from being on the floor with people and, mm. and seeing different people, see, seeing how they move, learning different ways to communicate, trying out different cues and things like that. Um, I think it's an absolutely essential part of being a coach, you know, whether you're uh, in person or online, like that's really your bread and butter. That's where you're going to, going to learn your craft. Mm. That, that's yeah, that's absolutely. I think like to get, a personal trainer to the position where they have substantial knowledge. They need to have that experience one-on-one, I think. Yes. In my opinion, I think yeah. it's absolutely necessary. So what approach do you think then you must consider when transferring your PT business online, going from one-on-one training in person to online? Um, I, I'm not sure like the, the approach is going to change per se. I think the methods might change. Gotcha. Right. So like, you know, the way that I communicate with my clients is obviously going to be different. It's not in person. It's going to be through messaging them constantly through video chats, things like that. So I, I use a, an application called coach now, uh, which my clients will upload videos of themselves doing exercises. And then the app then allows me to go in and I can provide feedback, draw on the app and, and do voiceovers and things like that. So that's how I work with people on technique. Um, so it, it took a while to kind of get those systems in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like the systems side of it is, is really, really important is at the end of the day, like holding your clients accountable is going to be the biggest challenge. Um, it always is whether you're, it's in person or whether you're yeah. online, um, but it becomes an even greater challenge online because you're not seeing them on a weekly yeah. basis. And so making sure you have some kind of system in place to, to stay in, in, in contact with people, um, to make sure that you get back to their messages really, really quickly, um, I think is, is really, really important. But I don't think like the coaching is still the same, if that makes sense. Like I don't really change the way that I talk to people or mm-hmm. I don't change um, like my, my programming or anything like that. It, it's all going to be pretty much the same. It's just the methods in which I communicate with people is going to be vastly different. Do you find then the level of accountability, like you said, it's a little bit different. So do mm-hmm. you find that it might be over more overwhelming from an online perspective to hold that accountability with a client or is it kind of the same? No, I don't think so. Actually, I think it's probably a little bit easier online okay. because, okay. you know, we have technology that we can use to, to help us with that. So um, I use a coaching app. I just use uh, Trainerize, which is very popular. A lot of coaches use that. Um, and there's you can set up it to send messages or you can set reminders in your phone to be like, okay, message all of my clients at this time. I can send out a message to 
you know, all of my clients saying, hey, just check in, in how's it going? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use technology to, to scale um, your communications and to get it all done in one. It's really just about actually doing it and then responding when people send you messages. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that has, has blown my mind since I've started this is when you get clients coming in from other coaches. And the biggest complaint that I always get is they just weren't communicating. Mm-hmm. And it's like people just want someone that's going to message them back. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Like message them back within a day. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't be waiting two, three days for a message. Like that's mm-hmm. just crazy. At the end of the day, like you, you, this is, we're in the service industry. We're yeah. there to serve people. Um, and I think like the, the online space is so appealing because it seems easy. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at the online space because it seems easy, you're, you're, that's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you shouldn't be looking at it in that way. Like you should be looking at it as in like, I need to try and provide the highest level of service that I possibly can for people. So then I, I think then in that case, from if we're looking at it from the perspective of having success and being able to have that contact with clients on a frequent basis, do you think that the planning of your day, so planning out your day is far different than let's say when you are in contact with a trainer, a client that you have to, you know, see in club, do you think that there's a differentiation in that sense? Because if, if a lot of trainers are having a ton of hard time, like just being able to communicate with their clients on a frequent basis, maybe that could be allocated to the, to the planning concept of having like mm-hmm. a plan or yeah. maybe it's attributed to something else. Yeah. Like you have to intentionally set out to communicate with gotcha. people, right? Yeah. And like, it's as simple as like, I have a little reminder in my phone at 7am it says check in with all clients. Gotcha. That's it. And it takes a message and I, and I check in and I answer any messages that I have. I make sure that people have the programming that they need. It's not difficult. Yeah. Like it, it's really not, but it's, it does seem like the industry as a whole seems to struggle with it mm-hmm. a little bit. And I don't, fully understand why that is mm-hmm. um obviously it's easier in person because they're walking in to see you and you're mm-hmm. going to see them but even then it's like you should be communicating with your pt clients when you're when they're not in the gym as well so mm-hmm. um i think like one of the best things that a coach can do is just have an open line of communication with people and and like you have to take the ownership there mm-hmm. because people um, they may not want to. They may be having a bad day. And yeah. when people are having a bad day, they kind of close themselves off and they're, they're not willing to reach out, which is yeah. the total opposite of what they should really be doing because that's when they're, they need the help and that's when they need the advice. Mm-hmm. And so as the, your, as the coach, you have to take that ownership to reach out to people, um, not the other way around. Well, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point that you make. Like, even as we're doing this podcast, I'm I'm learning myself because I just started my own online business. So I'm like, yeah. this is some interesting information. Now, if we look at the programming side of it, do you do you think that we have to consider complex applied biomechanics when training a client in this generation in 2021, or do you find that this is just more of a tool in the back pocket that we just got to use, let's say, with athletes or someone at a higher fitness level? I'd say both. Okay. I think both. I like, um, like, are you going to use like, uh, advanced biomechanics concepts on a regular basis with the general population? Probably not. But if you can have a, a greater comprehension of, um, of the material, then explaining simple complex, uh, simpler, uh, concepts mm-hmm. is, is going to be much easier for you. Um, you know, I've said communication a bunch of times already, 
Um, if you're able to communicate your, your thoughts and ideas and, and your methods with clients more effectively, then you're, they're going to be better off for it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're going to work with clients on technique and things like that using the Coach Now app, yeah. you're, you're going to need to have uh, a, a large toolbox to be able to draw from, um, especially because like you're online. So like in person, and I'm sure you know this, like when you're training general population, you're going to come across people that have no yeah. clue how to move their body. Yes, yeah. uh, you'll say shoulders back and down and they'll, they'll shrug <laughs> up. Like, yeah. And, you know, as a PT, you can just literally grab their shoulders, and put yeah. them in the position you want. You say this position and, and then they can figure that out. You can't do that online. Mm-hmm. And so you have, to use, um, you have to use your words and you have to use vocabulary and, and any tool that you have available to you. So... Um, the, the, the vaster your education and, and the greater your knowledge base, the better you're going to be able to communicate those ideas. And also just like the, the more confident that you're going to be as well. Um, I think one of the biggest things when you're handling clients is how confident are you? Mm-hmm. Like, are you in a position where if they're not doing what they need to do, can you call them out on that bullshit? Mm-hmm. I don't have to swear on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, like, can you call them out on that shit? Yeah. Because like, that's one of the things that over the last six, seven years that I've learned and, and I've gotten better at is, you know, when you're a new trainer, you just need clients. You just want clients and you don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, and with experience and, and with a vaster knowledge base, you're then able to, to, to pick out when someone is, is, is not, pulling their weight and you're able to call them on it because Mm -hmm. before if I'm worried about losing a client like if I lost two three clients in a week that's a problem um versus now if if you if I lose a couple of clients like Mm -hmm. it's okay I'm going to replace those in a a couple of days probably Mm -hmm. so having that vaster knowledge base is going to give you that confidence that you need to be to be the authority in the space Mm -hmm. um I think that's really really important to to have that authority between the the coach and the clients Gotcha. Do you find then, is it, is it complicated to train someone online and watch their movements? Like you have like a machine that like goes around them like 360. No, no, <laughs> no. So I don't do So I don't, um, so I don't sit and watch people do their workouts. Okay. Um, I did that when, when, uh, when COVID like first sort of really took mm-hmm. off and I first like was like got some online clients. Yeah. Um, I did that. And for me personally, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Like it was so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, just sitting at your computer, watch someone do like fucking squats with yeah. no weight. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my, my god! Yeah. Like, and like, I can't do what I would do in a gym where yeah. I'm walking around. I'm getting different angles. Yeah, you know, it's lagging and the, the, like mm-hmm. the screen's blurry yeah. and like the cues are coming in thirty seconds too late. <laughs> and so I, I quickly realized that that was not going to be the way to go. So the way that I, I do the coaching is I, I, I they get their programs mm-hmm. um, and then they take videos of themselves doing their exercises and they upload those to the app. Yeah. And then I provide feedback. It's not immediate mm-hmm. and, it, and it like um, it takes consistency with it. Like yeah. you have to kind of consistently upload videos, get feedback, consistently upload videos, get feedback. Mm-hmm. But the clients that do it consistently, 
they really see progress with it and they actually do uh, get a lot of value in doing it that way. It also means that I'm not sitting at a computer watching somebody for an hour. Right, the, yeah. the, the beauty of online coaching is the scalability of it. Mm -hmm. I can, I can handle more clients. I have technology. I'm not sitting, I'm not in, you know, in a gym working one-on-one -on -one with someone. Mm -hmm. um, you're only going to make so much when you're doing that with, with the online online business you're you're able to scale and able to take on more clients mm -hmm. um which allows me to offer you know cheaper rates for people it's not as expensive as personal training mm -hmm. if, if you want to me to sit and watch you at a computer it's going to cost you a lot more money yeah um so yeah that's how i i tend to operate it and you know they can contact me through through my coaching app and, and ask me questions whenever they want and i try and send out like little bits of um information podcasts clips things like that that i think will will expand their knowledge base for me if if my clients know more then then they're they're going to be better off because of that they're going to be able to adhere to plans a little bit better mm -hmm. i think like podcasts are a, a really good way to educate clients sometimes mm -hmm. hearing things from a different voice yeah. can be really useful um, I think sometimes if I'm constantly nagging someone, like get your protein up, get yeah. your protein up. In the end, it's just like your mom nagging you to do your laundry. Yeah, you know, it goes in one ear. Yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, and then they never do it. Versus if you can say, hey, look, here's this expert in the field also saying the same thing as me, mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, okay, like yeah, sure. you're, you're saying this for a reason. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> I, I tend to notice even as a one-on-one -on -one training in-person tra uh, training that I do, I tend to find that like the majority of the client base that I have, well, I mean, general population, they, well, I mean, and this applies to anyone uh, per se, they have different ways of learning, right? So it's mm -hmm. like they can learn from auditory to, you know, visual to like kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that transfers pretty well um, in the online space. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for trainers that are having a hard time maybe explaining things online and being able to verbally explain like this is the movement that you're doing and this is how I'm going to allow you to be able to do it in a better, you know, in a better version for you. How do you do that? Um, I think a couple of things. Number one is just practice. Gotcha. You're going to get better at it over time and just, so just keep doing it. Um, review your own videos. So mm -hmm. like if you're training, you should be filming every single set and you yeah. should be, reviewing it yourself and you should be getting other coaches say hey what do you think of this what do you think of this and you you learn different cues from different people mm -hmm. and so that's one of the things that i've really enjoyed about being at 613 is mm -hmm. i've got people like Stuart Locke and, and nicholas donato around me all the time and i say hey what do you think what do you think and, and you you learn and you pick it up from there and the, you know i'm reviewing 30 40 50 videos a day mm -hmm. and, and when you do that you start to get pretty good and you start to learn you know, what cues are going to work for people and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the other thing that I would say with that is you might not be ready for online, mm -hmm. um, in which case you should do more coaching in person gotcha. and, yeah. and, and build that skill base in person. If you can start to see more people and, and a different variety of people as well, like mm -hmm. sometimes coaches will pigeonhole themselves a little too early. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, and then you end up getting someone who's totally different online and you're like, oh gosh, I have no idea how to train this person. Like, mm -hmm. let's say, for example, you only train 20-something-year-old girls yeah. and then all of a sudden you've got to deal with a 50-year-old bloke. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be yeah, different. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to, you're going to have to deal with different things. So yeah. I think if you can, 
coach a wide variety of people early on in person, mm-hmm. um, that's going to make a huge difference. I think for me, like before you go into the online space, you're, you've got to be like looking at at least sort of three years mm-hmm. experience of in-person coaching, like on the floor every single day, like doing those horrible shifts, like yeah. the, the early morning, late oh, evenings. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I think like there is uh, almost like a rite of passage there. You know, mm-hmm. you have to go and work at somewhere like a good life for a while. Yeah. And it's not, it's not ideal. It's not necessarily, um, there are certain, definitely downsides to that, but you kind of got to earn your, earn your dues a little bit. Yeah. And I think that I attribute a lot of my success to, to those early years that I did at good life like, and coaching people that I didn't necessarily want to coach. Mm. So now, in terms of like speaking, because like I, I know that I've, I've seen your um, on Instagram um, when you were saying that coaches sometimes overcomplicate the explanation mm-hmm. of what they're, they're they tend to say. Yeah. And sometimes I find, in in my opinion, it can be subjective because it depends on the individual that is sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yeah. Um, and so the reason why I'm saying that is because you and I maybe understand applied biomechanics to like maybe a, even if it's five percent higher than like the average person, mm-hmm. right? Um, but because we understand it to that degree, even in its simplest form, it's still some people would be like, huh? Yeah. Like, what are you saying, right? Yeah. And, and just like we were saying earlier with like, you know, in-person training, it's so easy to like contort someone physically when you're there into a position, yeah. right? So do you have ways then of explaining things? Like, is there kind of like an initial kind of like an assessment that you'll have with this person that will kind of give you a little bit of feedback to understand them, but also understand a way in which you can explain it to this individual in a way that they can understand without kind of looking around like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you've got to read the room. Gotcha. Yes. You've got to read the room and you've got to know who you're talking to. And if it's a new client, then um, that initial client intake is the most important conversation that you're ever going to have with them. Yeah. You've got to figure out, you know, what their training history is, what their knowledge base is, what are they comfortable with, what are they not comfortable with, mm-hmm. where are we starting from? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then from there, it's, you know, it's relatively simple simple to adjust your vocabulary um, okay. to, to, to suit that person's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, you know, what I was talking about on, on, on social media was – there are a lot of coaches and they're relatively new in the space and um, they, they try to you know, essentially parrot other coaches. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I know we both have done the prescripts level yeah. one courses with Jordan Shallow and he's, he's an excellent communicator, but he, he communicates to coaches mm-hmm. and a lot of people then try to, to use the same kind of language that he uses mm-hmm. and, and they put it in their posts and then they wonder <laughs> why they're not getting clients from that. Yeah. It's because the clients don't, don't understand, understand what, what the fuck say. you're yeah. saying. <laughs> like I, you know, you you shouldn't be making content for other coaches unless that's your target market. If you're trying yeah. to, if you're trying to build a business full of other coaches, then yeah, talk like that because mm-hmm. that's what Jordan is doing. He's yes. building a business full of other coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, the vast majority of people are not doing that. They're they're they want a business filled with um, you know general population or maybe it is athletes. In which case, there there is a different language set to use that. Yeah. Um, but your content has to has to speak to those people, mm-hmm. and I think. You know, and I, it makes me cringe a lot because yeah. because I did it. 
Oh, because gotcha. I've made those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so when I see people making the same mistakes that I do, it's like, ah, I know. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> well, I think we all do it. Yeah. Degree, right? Because like we, um, especially me, like when I first started, same thing. It's like, I thought I knew everything, mm-hmm. but I knew absolutely nothing. So I would use like these big words to make it seem like I was like right. higher than what I actually was. Right. So from that degree, like I, I, I yeah. understand. <laughs> it's insecurity. Like yeah. ultimately that's what it comes down to is like, is you know the coach thinks that if he uses big words and if he appears smart then that's going to make people want to work with you and that's actually not the case people want to understand what's going on they they want to be clear on the product that they're buying they want to like you should be connecting dots in their heads Mm -hmm. and if if a a human being you know feels like they're on the right path then they're going to want to work with you and they're going to want to spend their money with you and, and coach with and get coaching from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you're just confusing them, no one's buying a product that they're confused by. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, yeah. of course not. Yeah. It's like, and that's like the first thing of like any sort of sales coaching that you do, they'll say like, you got to be able to explain, you know, what you're trying to like put out there in a way that like the majority of people can understand. And yeah. And when you're, yeah or even even not like i'm sure you listen to jordan it's like speak to five percent of your audience Mm -hmm. and like that was huge for me and like i've always like when i've been making my content in the past like the mistake that i make is i try to like speak to everyone or you try and be too general because you want to kind of like everyone to kind of get your content but like that's not really what it's about it's about Mm -hmm. like speaking to specific individuals and like recently in the last sort of year or two you know i start getting people coming up to me and they're like that post that you did like i felt like you were talking directly to me Mm -hmm. and i was like that's it that's what you want if you start getting people saying that it's like you're on the right path and it doesn't necessarily matter if it's getting tons of likes or anything like that Mm -hmm. you don't need a ton of followers like i on my instagram account i only have 700 followers Mm -hmm. or so Oh, maybe even worse. 300. Yeah, well, but that's fine. But like, (laughs) imagine you put 300 people in a room. Yeah. That's a lot of people. people, You'd be scared to talk to that many people. (laughs) That would be really nerve wracking. Yeah. And those people that are either interested in what you're doing or they like you as a person and they're willing to support you. And, um, like those are the people that you need to talk to. You don't need tons and tons of followers mm-hmm. right away, at least. You know, if you want to scale to a you know multi million dollar company, obviously that's going to need to come down the road. But mm-hmm. you know, take step one before you take step hundred. Yeah, no, absolutely. So in that case, because um, I know that like me and you, we like to speak the truth more. Well, I'll say speaking for myself, like more often than not, I'm hoping that like <laughs> I try to come as close as I can. Yeah. Um, and then we know that there are fitness professionals out there that would try to kind of oversimplify the actual realistic nature of what a person needs to do in order to get to where they're trying to go. So it's like, hey, I have this like two week whatever pill that you can take or this two week ab challenge that will mm-hmm. get you like these fast results. Do you find that it kind of takes the attention away from us from like the people we're trying to help when they then see those things on on the market and then we're saying, no, in reality, it's not going to be as easy as that. It's going to take a little bit of dedication and commitment to do that, to get to where you're trying to go. Yeah. um, It can be frustrating seeing things like that, for sure. I think if you just focus on yourself and Mm -hmm. you just focus on making sure that you put the right content out Mm -hmm. there, 
um, then the people that are really like that you want to work with are, are going to find you. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's looking for a quick pill to their their success, you don't want to work with them mm-hmm. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, and you don't want to waste your time with them because if that's what they're looking for, and, and you know that that's not going to be the best way to get those results, then they're just going to take time away from you that you could potentially be spending on someone else. Um, that is on board and do, does understand that this is going to take a long time. I like, I used to get annoyed by things like that. And yeah. over time it's like, it's a, whatever, <laughs> like whatever people are, people are always going to look for that shortcut. They're yeah. always going to look for, for the easy way out. And mm-hmm. you know, you and I both know that that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and it's really just about educating the people that are already listening to you. Mm-hmm. And, and over time as you, as you continue to put out content and you get better at it, you're going to start to collect followers and who are also interested in that. And just speak to your followers. And, you know, if they're already following you, then they already know this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let the, let the plebs do what they do. Because mm-hmm. there, there, there are a lot of idiots out there. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> but I'm the person who's like, yeah, I try my best to not really look over the other table to see what the other person is doing. Just because I feel like it distracts me personally. Like in terms of like where I'm trying to go, I try to take my own personal experience and then I'll utilize research and look at other people. But for the most part, I'm going to say, okay, this is what's worked for me and my clients based on the experience that I have versus like looking at like whatever a theraband or whatever. And then being like, yeah, like this thing is like the ultimate. Yeah. Um, And so like, I guess, well, my next, my next question is, do you find that there are like, I guess like, you know, any sort of like challenges that you face online that are quite similar, I guess, in the one-on-one space? Like, do you find that there are challenges that like would come up and make you feel like, you know what, this would have been easier if like I was in person? Does that ever happen to you? Um... No, that's a weird question. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. I don't think so. I, I have my experience with online is it's it's made me a, a better coach. Gotcha. Um, okay. I, it's made me a better communicator mm-hmm. with people. Um, you know, I love being in the gym. I love mm-hmm. being in a weight room. That's where I'm at my happiest, like a hundred percent. And so sometimes when I'm training my personal training clients, it's like, what are we doing today? Deadlifts. Let's fucking go. Like, and you just get into that and you, yeah. and sometimes you, you forget to check in and say, how's your mental health? How's, mm-hmm. you know, your nutrition been? How's, how's, you know, your relationship going? How's all that sort of stuff going? And, um, and so when you, when you then transfer that into online and you're doing a check-in with someone on, on a video call, that's all there's to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think a combination of the two is, has, has worked out really well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually made me a better coach. I, I can't think of um, any challenge really that's come up online. Once you've got that accountability thing mm-hmm. down, yeah, um, then then you're you're kind of flying with it. Mm-hmm. The only, I mean, actually, if you know, if the provinces keep changing their rules about the gyms, oh yeah, that's that's been a challenge. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I've had to rewrite programs so many times now. It's like, oh. oh my God. Yeah. at home are we at the gym are we at home it's yes like, that's been a challenge and mm-hmm. you know i've had to have write a lot more programs than i than i would have before mm-hmm. um but i mean you know that is what it is and everyone's dealing with that mm-hmm. and i find that like 
Well, I mean, I, I see online like you have like the professional videos out and it looks mm -hmm. like amazing, right? Like, do you find then programming takes up most of your time in the online space versus like, I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, it's quite easy to kind of put something together after doing an assessment. But I think like online, you got to record the videos, you got to then, you know, make sure that you're writing this plan for this particular person. Like, is there a lot of time that goes into um, programming? Um, not any more than in person. Okay. Like, so I, I have my, uh, my assessment protocol that I would do with somebody in person. I have that all filmed out. And so the person uh, online client, they just watch the videos and then they record videos of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then I, I review the videos from there. And, and based on that, plus the intake that we do initially, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm writing the program from that. So I don't think the programs take any more time. Um, I have more clients, so that's more programs to write. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's a good problem to have. I'm not particularly upset about that. Um, and like for me, like that's one of my favorite parts is kind of sitting down and like, you know, scheming out how I'm going to ruin this person's life. I find that, um, uh, so like me personally, I like the challenge of like a client that's very difficult to get things done based on the circumstances they have. Mm -hmm. Right. I find that like, in my opinion, a lot of trainers tend to want the client that it's, you know, it's easier to get them to do something you tell them to do. Um, it's easier to hold them accountable and say, look, do this, and they just do it right away. Um, but me, I guess, like, I'm a weird oddball. Like, I just, I like being in the jungle, like, pull a tiger by the mane, tell them, sit down, right? Um, get that person that's like, I don't know if this is possible. I don't know if I can actually do this. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to work for me. And so, like, when it comes to lifestyle, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to them sleeping, when it comes to them... Uh, making sure that they're managing their tasks in a day that can allow them to then be able to produce the results that they're hoping to get from training. Mm -hmm. Do you find it challenging to get them into the headspace consistently of being able to do the things that they need to from a lifestyle perspective online? Yeah, it depends on the person, but you know that typically is the biggest challenge for people is 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 doing the rest of it and yeah. i think the biggest the biggest thing on that is it just comes down to education mm -hmm. and and like i place um you know nutrition and sleep and going for daily walks and uh, habitual things like that i place them as high of a priority um as the workouts themselves mm -hmm. um you know for a lot of the workouts are generally speaking pretty easy to get people to do maybe not so much with people training at home i think that has been a real challenge for a lot of people and you know, that's at this point is just about making the best of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that communication that keep coming back to it, that yeah. communication, yeah. you know, making sure that you're communicating with people on a regular basis, mm -hmm. because one of the things that I found, especially with problem clients, it, I don't like calling them problem clients. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, clients that are struggling with these yeah. kind of things. Um is that we would do like our video chat check-in once a week mm -hmm. and, and they would be good for a couple of days. And then the further into the week we got, you know, things would start to fall off. Mm -hmm. Something would go wrong in their life. Something wouldn't go to plan. Um, and, and that's where people tend to break down. So if you're communicating with people on a regular basis, you can nip that in the bud when it happens as opposed to waiting until you get back on a call with them Um next week mm -hmm. um <laughs> next week yeah yeah <laughs> and so like 
you know, technology again is another yes. really useful tool here. Like most phones will track people's steps. Most people have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, my my training app will connect with all of that, so I'm getting all that information uploaded to me on a regular basis. It connects with my fitness pal, so we're tracking their nutrition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's going to be different. Like the 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 strategies that I implement for for different people, it's going to be different depending on the person. What's yeah. their situation? Is this person dealing with depression? You know, that's going to be different to the athlete who's all in. Mm-hmm. So. If we've got someone that's dealing with depression, then then breaking it down, simplifying things, you know, lowering that barrier for entry and starting to build up success for them uh, is, you know, really, really important. Um, And then, you know, understanding like where your scope lies there. And and at the end of the day, like I'm a fitness coach and I do sets and reps and protein and carbs and fats. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm not a psychologist. Mm -hmm. so understanding like where that line is and yeah. you know i think one of the things that i've done is i've done uh you know kind of chats like this with with multiple different therapists and i've sat down mm-hmm. and said like you know where does my scope apply what kind of things should i be saying at what point should i be referring out to people etc cetera, etc cetera. and like if you can do that and if you can take that initiative then it's made me a lot more comfortable with dealing mm-hmm. dealing with clients like that yeah um, because uh, unfortunately at this point in time, there are a lot of people that are going through things, you know, yeah. we're, 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 we're shelled up at home all the time, you know, we're, we're being limited access to gyms, um, you know, people are losing jobs, finances and you know, making poor food decisions, mm-hmm. things like that. And so it's a definitely a challenging time. And I personally have noticed, um, a pretty steep incline in, in that sort of stuff within, within my client base even. Yes. I mean, well, I was going to ask you why you think most online fitness businesses fail. Um, but I think it all comes down to, as you were saying, communication. And that's what I, I'm kind of getting from this year. It's making sure that there's consistent communication with mm-hmm. your clients, that you can make sure that they have someone to talk to. And a lot of them, like, it's just making sure that they have that rapport and that they're able to communicate with your with their trainer and be able to know, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? I need help with this and I need yeah. that support, that mental support, right? Yeah. I think like that is you know, it's obviously very, very important. I think on the business side of things, um, I think patience mm-hmm. is 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 really key and just kind of sticking around. If you can keep sticking around and you can keep plugging away and you can keep learning new things and improving your service, improving your systems, improving the quality of your content and just keep like sticking at it, eventually you're going to have a decent sized business. I think a lot of people, uh, because like that online space, it seems so attractive and it seems so quick and easy and, you know, people expect to just like kind of have that business like built like right away and it's like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily work like that you know you're going to gain clients you're going to lose clients things are going to happen um and you know there have been many many times where i've just been like fuck like like, am i getting anywhere with this Mm -hmm. and my biggest uh thing that i've learned is when i feel like that there's usually some success right around the corner yeah and you just have to keep sticking at it and you have to keep putting out content and and being consistent with that and like being present online mm-hmm. uh, is a really important one. And like actually putting your face out there mm-hmm. um, and talking to people like that was, um, and I have to give uh, you know, Killian Hamilton and Jordan credit for, for this. Like um, 
they did a, a, a podcast series recently called Big Big Business. Oh yes, yeah. You listened to that one, like, yeah. And in that, Killian, Killian spoke about you know uh, you know educating through his stories on yeah. on a regular basis and like keeping up with that and doing that like consistently. And I I I, I wasn't at the time when I first heard that, and I was like, okay. Um, I'm going to give that a go and I'm going to be consistent with it. And I haven't looked back since, you know, mm-hmm. I'm regularly doing Q and A's, talking to my stories, getting my face out there. And the difference has been unbelievable. Um, at the end of the day, like as coaches, like everyone, everyone is doing customized programs. Everyone has a training app. Everyone is promising results. So, you know, the only thing that makes you different mm-hmm. is you. Yeah, That's it. Your personality, yeah. and that's what people ultimately are going to buy into mm-hmm. is is your personality, and that doesn't come across if you're just posting like videos of your workouts. Yeah. It doesn't come across if you're just putting up photos and captions. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get in front of the camera, and you have to talk, mm-hmm. um, and it's scary as shit. For it us. is, yeah. <laughs> like even now as we're doing this podcast, I'm like, man, it's like nerve wracking, right? Because like <laughs> getting the words out effectively and being able to communicate well i think that's one of the skills that as trainers you know we're always consistently looking at like you know the programming side of it and looking at like the experience training Mm -hmm. clients and getting them results through fitness but it's like being able to communicate in a way that people can understand and articulating your words in a way that like can produce results from the person listening to it yeah i think is 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 the most complicated thing like yeah. yeah, I can like Babylon with my failures based on that alone. Yeah. And I can auto- like automatically see that. Yes, doing that, being able to be present online and being able to get people in front of you to get to know with like a high amount of consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do it for like a week and then, then piss off for two weeks mm-hmm. and then come back and do it for a week. Like, yeah. do it every single day. If you like, I take Sundays off because mm-hmm. like, like, I need a day. Yeah, that's fine. But like, mm-hmm. be consistent be there often, answer people's questions, like provide value and, and service upfront. Mm-hmm. Um, and people start to get to know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, either they mesh with you and that's great. And they'll either continue following. Maybe one day they buy something from you. Mm-hmm. If they don't mesh with you, they're going to unfollow you. And, and yeah. that's fine. That's, that's, that's good. Actually, yeah. you know, there's no point in having people following you that aren't ever interested in buying something from you. Oh, yeah. Um, and like it's i've even noticed a difference like at the gym like mm-hmm. in in person like people come up and talk to me all the time now and before like that didn't really happen um i've always kind of considered myself like a bit of an introvert and you know recently i've kind of realized that that oh, you know the whole introvert oh, yeah. extrovert <laughs> thing is bullshit yeah. it's not real it's not yeah. a real thing like like communicating it's an to yeah and exactly <laughs> exactly communicating and networking yeah. it's just practice it's just mm-hmm. a skill that can be practiced yeah. um and like getting yourself out there on social media putting your face mm-hmm. on it uh it it really works it's mm-hmm. crazy it's crazy it's been it's that's been one of the biggest things for me uh even in the last uh within this last year mm-hmm. which is, has really changed the game for me nice well getting people in front of you making sure that they're able to like communicate with you i think like being able to find the clause of like which area so i know that like we're talking on social media's end but yeah. being able to look at other things like even if it's like writing an article probably mm-hmm. can work right or yeah. maybe even like we're doing here doing a podcast i think can work just in my opinion 
Yeah, it's going to depend on, like, you know, what your market is, yeah. right? Like, who are you trying to target? Like, mm-hmm. for me, it's, it's you know, 20 to 35-year-olds mm-hmm. go on Instagram. That's yeah. where they are. Um, you know, not too many of them are sitting there reading articles gotcha. these days. Gotcha. If your target is other coaches or it's athletes, then, then maybe putting articles out there that, mm-hmm. you know, people that are really seeking that education mm-hmm. is, is going to be a good way to go. You know, if you're, if you're targeting you know, teens and late teens and then go on TikTok, yeah. I guess, <laughs> or, you know, wherever that, they that's are. In, that's interesting, right? Like knowing where your audience is, because for me, being consistently in a club or in a gym, like my whole thing has been always like approaching people in person, right? And mm-hmm. being able to communicate with them that way. So going into like the online space, it's like having to figure out like, where is my audience? Like who is listening? Where am I getting like these people to listen to me or mm-hmm. see me or be able to pay attention to me, right? And I think that's a really good point. Yeah, well, right Instagram now. will help you with that, yeah. right? You know, you have a business account, you can look at your metrics mm-hmm. and you can see like, you know, how many women are following me? How many men are following me? What age groups are they in? Mm-hmm. You know, what time of the day are they even on Instagram? Like mm-hmm. you can look at all of those things yeah. and, you know, understanding who your market is, what platforms are they using on a consistent basis? You know, if, if your market is, is working professionals, then maybe you should be on LinkedIn or, you know, if it's moms, like get on Facebook, Mm -hmm. you know, you should, you, you, you need to be targeted and and systematic with your approach. And Mm -hmm. then when you are putting out content, what's What are people responding to? What are they saving? What are they liking? What are they sharing? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then double down in those areas because yeah and for me it was like and I think that might be a barrier for most people I'm like I, I guess you could say old school I mean I'm 36 years old right so really yeah yeah man you do not like 36 <laughs> no, yeah yeah man, right? wow. <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> um, but um, yeah no like it's like my first social media experience has been in the last two years right mm-hmm. um, since I've opened my own business prior to that. I was like, what is this thing these kids are using, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, what's going on here? So yeah. coming into like the online space and having to educate yourself with that, I think, um, what's his name again? There's a famous speaker, uh, I think it's Gary Vee. He okay. talks about it all the time. He says, you got to go online, all this stuff. And I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know, man. Let me figure out these kids. Yeah. Um, but do you think that these lockdowns, do you think that it has sh- shifted the validity of like one-on-one in-person training where do you think the one-on-one personal training will go from here now that like a lot of coaches are going online because of this pandemic? Um, no, I don't think so. Like, I think that one-on-one coaching will be around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, like I said, like I did, I did, I went all online for a while there. Um, and then I got back into the gym because for me that, that was where I was happiest. Mm-hmm. And like, I really enjoy doing those one-on-one sessions and I love sitting with someone and working yeah. on their deadlift for an hour and, and like making yeah. real improvements, like right there in front of you. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are enough people that, that value that and understand the, the, the difference between a you know one on one and online like online's only going to work for a certain kind of person mm-hmm. I would say um, like if you've got like an absolute complete beginner never set set room in a weight room again yeah you can do online mm-hmm. but it's going to be limited mm-hmm. um, and that that is something that as a coach that I always try to get across to people is if I've got someone that is is like that 
I'll say, hey, look, like we can do this and we can absolutely make improvements. We can work on your lifestyle, things like that. But with regards to your movements in the gym, like you're probably better off going to a one-on-one coach. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any substitute for that. And I, like, I can't see it going away personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there's, there's something special about working with a coach in a gym. And I've had trainers throughout my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. not my whole life, like throughout my whole training career. Yeah. So like the first thing that I did, uh, when I walked into good life is I hired the best coach there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked with him for a year and then I moved and I, I, found another coach with a different skill set and I hired them Mm -hmm. and I've done that four or five times now Mm -hmm. and there's no better way to learn than that and to to really to really just consume information and like I think as as a coach like everyone should be doing that like Mm -hmm. you should be seeking out other coaches and and hiring them um, to try and learn as, as much as you can from them Mm -hmm. Um, and like if you've never done it as a coach then you need to do it because you you have to understand um the position that your clients are in because like being coached by somebody is entirely different experience than just training in the gym by yourself it's especially if that coach is going to push you hard then it's a whole different level of intensity when somebody else is controlling the weight somebody Mm -hmm. else is controlling the rest times it's a different experience you don't realize how much you kind of let yourself off when you're training on your own at times so um yeah i I don't think the personal training is going anywhere i certainly hope it doesn't i think Mm -hmm. it's a a really important uh part of the fitness industry and like for me like um everyone should should have a pt at least at least once in their life oh yeah absolutely i think that like as we were talking about earlier i think the the most important thing is making sure that trainers are able to stay trainers and i think you know being able to uh, implement a certain level of value online and also be able to do that one-on-one so that people have a very good experience allows people to then be curious about wanting to stay on with a trainer or even to just try to join some sort of um, personal training I think it's far beneficial because with a 16% uh, of the population exercising regularly I mean that's quite low and it's just been a testament to kind of like this whole lockdown thing right now that we're going through um, with people believing that gyms are non-essential because of the population that, that works out, right? Um, yeah. So then do you do you think that like maybe you might in the future when things get back to normal veer more towards um, one-on-one training again or do you think that online training is going to be the bulk of your business? Online training for me it will always be kind of the bulk of my business and, and it is currently and it, it will be moving forwards in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I only do PT for the passion of it now. Gotcha. Um, so I only work with I have six six clients and I'll, I'll probably bring that down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got one client who um, who I coach for free. I've got um, another couple of clients who I do trades with. So yeah. all those professional videos that you see yeah. on my Instagram, um, I trade services with a videographer. Nice. So he does my videos and, and I coach him with training. Um, so, you know, situations like that down the road, I have a massage therapist that I do like the same thing with. Um, so, you know, I'm going to get on board with that. That's, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, definitely (laughs) like, you know, if there are coaches out there listening and and they're looking to, um, 
you know, to really like take the professionalism of their business with videography and, yeah. uh, you know, name it digital marketing, like any skill that you're not really good at. Um, yeah. It's something that I've done for a long time is mm-hmm. um, I look for people with those skills and I, I ask them if they're interested in trading. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great way to, to kind of cheat the system a little bit and, yeah. and, and get some like, you know, for me, it's high quality content. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't cost me anything. It costs me my time. And like, he's a great kid. It's, oh, it's, nice. it's super fun training him. So it's really, it's, it's an awesome deal for both of us. And like, you know, we have a skill and a service that people want. It's mm-hmm. desirable to have a, a, a personal trainer. Yeah. So um, I think leveraging that when you can is, is definitely a great way to go. Like I've, I've done that for a long time. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. That's it yeah. for me. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. I see you on Instagram all the time. And I'm like, this is the guy to talk to. Yeah. This guy is very professional. Thank he you. Man. looks like he knows exactly what he's doing. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of trainers out there that are going to benefit from being able to listen to what you had to say today. Because I know I'm going to benefit a tremendous amount uh, thank you, from man. all of the stuff that he said today. So. As always, if you guys got questions, comments, concerns regarding your health and fitness, the email has changed now. It's no longer healthness469 at gmail.com. It's now david at thehealthnesscoach.com. And you can always find me on Instagram as well at healthness. And that's healthness, H-E-L-T-H, capital N dot E dot S dot S. Awesome. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. That was awesome, man. A little bit 